We're giving God thanks for all that he has been doing. Amen. Uh, we've just had some great services in the last couple weekends, and we want God to continue to manifest in our church and to continue with his blessings. Amen. And what came on my mind tonight was um, knowing God, knowing God. Amen. And I think that no matter how long we've been on this Christian journey, there is more that we can know. There's more that we can understand. There is, as the scripture says, deeper depths and higher heights. So, you know, the scripture that comes to me is this in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. And as you all know that Philippians was written near the end of Paul's life after he had been an apostle um, and a disciple of Christ for many years. And it just struck me how he wrote this with such a longing and a passion. It says, that I may know him. This is after writing all the epistles and getting all the revelations. There is always more for us to grasp. There are more that God can show us. There is more that he wants to fulfill in our lives. And I just want to inspire you tonight to understand that you can get more, much more. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And maybe at this time, Paul knew that uh, he may not be released from house arrest in Rome, but he was okay with that. He was okay with that. His, his, his prayer here was, I don't mind that. I want to know him. I want to know him more. I want to understand him. You know, when you're in love, you want to understand, you want to know that person. You want to understand how they think. What's their favorite color? What do they like? Amen. We should, we should always strive that we would know God more. Amen. Because he knows us, but we need to understand what he wants, what pleases him. You can see that longing in, in Paul's writing here, that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That is our hope. That is our goal. That if this vessel, if this earthly uh, vessel should pass away, that we will know the power of his resurrection. In the other scripture, he says, if we are buried with him in baptism, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Then he says, the fellowship of his sufferings. I was telling someone, recounting, in fact, to Brother Peter's Sunday, you know, a little bit of our history of the church and where we came from. And I was telling him about a time we spent in Virginia for, for two years. It's only two years. But looking back, it felt like ten years. The reason was there was some, there was some suffering. It was, there was some, there was, and, and in that short two years, the people we interacted with, our fellow travelers on this journey, we made lifelong friends. It felt like we were in a war together. You know, because we were in the fellowship of, of pressure, of suffering. Someone who you've been to battle with, there is a certain fellowship. Paul here is saying, I would like to be in fellowship with Jesus' sufferings. I want to understand that. Being made conformable unto his death. This body has got to die. Because this flesh is disobedient. It doesn't want to follow the, the precepts and the, the things that God wants. This flesh wants to do its own thing. Amen. But Paul here is saying that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Maybe we are not so keen on the fellowship of his sufferings. Being made conformable unto his death. Amen. Proverbs 3.6 says this, In all thy ways 
acknowledge him. How do we acknowledge him? How do we know him? In the, in the Hebrew, that word is Shem. It means to know. Sorry, it's Yada. And, and, it, and, and it says to know him. That means I want to understand him more and more. I would like God to direct my every step. One of my prayers is, Lord, you, you choose for me. Don't let me choose. Don't let me choose. Because inevitable, inevitably, I will choose like Lot. I will look at what I can see. And how good it looks, or how good that person looks, or how good that car looks. And if I go by my sight, I may make a mistake. Amen? In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Every morning when we get up, we should acknowledge he's given us breath and life. Amen? It's because of him that we live and breathe and move and have our being. And so we got to acknowledge him. And when we do that, we can get to know him a little bit better. Now, there's many types of knowledge or ways of knowing God. And I'm going to maybe just confine this lesson tonight to to two of the major ways that we can know him. We can know about him. I I know about a lot of people, but I don't really know them. Right? You may have heard of famous people, so you know about them. But that's different from knowing them. Now, through his creation... We can know about God. That's why um, Paul in, in his letter of the Romans, he says, there is no excuse. No man will be excused because even creation teaches us about God. Right? You look at a rose, you look at all the creation, and 99% of what's out there, man cannot duplicate. Did you know that? They can't, make a ro- they can't even make a single cell. Not from scratch. No, they can take a cell and they can mess with it, but they cannot create a cell. Not even the simplest cell has man yet been able to create. With all his knowledge, with all his skills, with all his science, they cannot create a cell. But we can know that God did this because it did not happen by accident. So through his creation, we have knowledge that there is a being that is greater than ourselves. That's a physical type of knowledge and we gain it or we see it through our senses what we see what we hear what we taste it requires what i call the tree knowledge right it's the physical knowledge it's it's obvious it's things that we get through our senses that we understand when we look at something beautiful when we look at a a baby or when we look at a a rose or when we look at, at at a beautiful day i went out at lunchtime and i didn't want to go back to work it was, the wind was blowing, it was just, ooh, it was so good. If I, if I wasn't the manager, I'd have, <laughs> but I had to set an example, right? Amen. So that kind of knowledge is available to everyone. Everyone, and that's why in every civilization that they've come across, man has had this urge to worship and to get to know something. Sometimes they translate that to worshiping trees and rivers and the sun, but there has been an urge in man to find and know God. But the kind of knowledge I'm talking about requires something more than just your five senses. It requires something much closer, and that is knowing God's nature. You can know something has been created, but you still can't know too much about that person unless you get intimate with that person. And that is through his love. This type of knowledge is is spiritual and requires a relationship. It requires the spirit covering. So we see in the garden that there was a certain amount of knowledge just through the flesh, through what God had 
had revealed through his creation. Amen. Genesis 3, 5, For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. The temptation that was given to Eve was knowledge. Was knowledge, right? To know something more than she knew right now. Ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. There's always a temptation. Did you know that? There's always something the devil wants you to do. So that when you obey him, you'll become his servant. That's what the scripture says. When, when we were kids, we used to play this game. I don't know if they do it here. It's called follow the leader. And whatever the leader does, you're supposed to do it. And that can be quite a dangerous game. I remember maybe I was eight or nine and uh, we were all playing this game and the person who was the leader, they jumped into this bush. And I jumped into the bush. And little did I know that there was a spike in the bush. And it came up and went into my, my leg and I have a little memoir of that now. I have a little mark there that reminds me about who you should follow. Amen. See, here Satan was trying to deceive and dangle knowledge, but it was not the true full knowledge. It was a partial knowledge. And partial truth can be very dangerous. When you think you know something, is worse, worse than when you know you don't know something. Because when you think you know something, you may act upon it and act incorrectly or wrongly. So partial truth can be very dangerous. That's what Satan was, was promising, partial truth. Amen. Philippians 4.8, it says this. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You know, a lot of people, and I'm not necessarily condemning it, but a lot of people use Facebook as a preaching point. You know, they get on there and they preach. And that's okay, I guess. I guess. But a lot of stuff they have to say doesn't meet Philippians 4.8, right? It's not always the truth because they haven't really checked it. It's not always pure. It's not something lovely. It's not something of a good report. And the Bible says, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Above all, God's knowledge is pure. It's not partial. It will be pure. And when we rely upon what we can see to judge things... We normally get into trouble. Oh, that looks so good. Right? I'm scared of, I was scared of buying houses because you hear all these horror stories, right? Oh, oh yeah, you better, you better get a, a report, a uh, appraisal and an inspection report because it looks so good. And then you get the report and they say, well, this wall has fallen down. Down in the basement, they got dry rot. There's termites over here. See, the devil will paint a good picture. And try and deceive you. But we have to get to the truth of knowing God. We've got to get through the lies that Satan wants to, to uh, give us. And I did this, this little thing here that shows you about partial truth. You know, that, that if we look at that by our eyes, it looks like there's a gateway onto a, uh, a beach that's um, got a nice view, you know. But when you see the whole thing, it may, may not turn out to be that way. It's just a wall with a painting. (laughs) Partial truth can be misleading. 
That's why the Bible says we should walk by faith and not by sight. So many people have ended up in terrible relationships because they walked by sight and not by faith. Amen. You see, what the knowledge that God wants to know of him is intimate. When it says, and Adam knew his wife, there's an intimacy and a level that is above just friendship. And I want to show you a few principles that will tell you how much you know God tonight. Amen. Genesis 4.1, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Here's, here's principle number one. A truly intimate relationship will give birth. Right? Will give, there will be some reproduction involved. If you truly know God, there's going to be some new birth in you. There's going to be some revelation. There's going to be some, some new things happening. Amen? On, at, a, at a certain frequency, right? At a certain frequency. There's going to be some... There's going to be some, if you have a relationship, an intimate relationship always gives birth, right? A truly intimate relationship will give birth. There will be something that comes of that. There will be either a new depth of knowledge or a new depth of understanding. There will be an increase in faith maybe. Maybe God has taken you through something and now you can face something. Amen. As I said, anytime I have to recount the history of this church, it's like God is slapping me and saying, why do you doubt me? Why do you doubt me? Because once I start to tell people all the stuff he's done, I, I have to kind of, wow, wow, God, <laughs> you're amazing. Why should I ever be fearful or doubt you? Look at what you've already done. Amen. Miracle after miracle. It's, it's truly amazing. Amen. So God calls us to intimacy. And in fact, Paul in Ephesians says this, this is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. God wants to know you so much that he can birth faith in you. That he can birth trust in you. That he can birth love in you. That he can birth encouragement in you. Amen. If we stay away from him, there can't be intimacy. What happens? We get weak. Our love gets cold. They say absence makes the heart grow fonder. But too much absence makes the heart to wander. <laughs> right? You cannot sustain God on a long distance relationship. Cannot. Long distance relationships will either come to fruition or they end. Right? They, they, they either stop being long distance or they end. They can't remain long distance because that is not a relationship. Right? So just remember that. Yes, uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder, but too much absence makes the heart to wander. Amen. God wants to be intimate with us. Imagine if we get up every morning and say, Lord, I, I need to be closer to you today. I want you to reveal something today to me. I want you to encourage me today. I want a hug. Amen. You ever get up and say, Lord, I need a hug from you today? Lord, I just want you to hold me and, and comfort me. Amen. It's that intimacy that God wants. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. God wants that. It's not that we want it more than he wants that, but we will not make time. 
or the place. I have a message for you Sunday. I'm going to try not to preach it tonight. Not to preach it tonight. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning the church, the Christ and the church. Amen. See, knowing he exists is one thing, but being intimate is another. That's why Paul said in Romans that you know that all of creation lets us know there is a God. But most people don't want to go beyond that. Why? Because intimacy means a change. It means opening up yourself, right? Intimacy means you can be hurt. It means being vulnerable, right? A marriage won't work if people close up and do not communicate. So God is saying, I need you to communicate with me. Amen. And we do that through how? Prayer. Prayer. And prayer doesn't always have to be in here on your knees. Prayer for me a lot of time is in, is in my car. I put on my dark glasses and I weep before the Lord. <laughs> I, I just start to, to, to thank him for his goodness and his grace and how unworthy I am. How unworthy I am. Amen. And, and intimacy of that kind requires privacy, right? This is why this is a one-on-one relationship. God isn't into, you know, threesomes and foursomes. That's not what he's into. He's into you and him. That's why Jesus said that we, we go into our closet. That's where the most of our prayer should be done. That's where we should be really intimate with God. Let, let it all hang out. Lord, I'm a mess. I need your help today. Lord, I've, I've got these, this issue. But this is what he's saying. This is a mystery but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Amen. See, Paul in Romans, as I said, said that we may know about God. And that's why no one in the world is going to be able to stand before God and say, I didn't know nothing. Because God has, through creation, spoken. In Romans 1.19, he says this, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. It means that in us, each human being has this need for intimacy. That's how we were designed. For God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Being understood. This is a very profound and deep verse. Being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead. I was watching a a science thing yesterday about how long the sun can burn for. And for most of the last 200 years, they had no idea how the sun could last that long. How could it keep going, being such a big object and put out so much energy? How could it keep going for as long as it is thousands of years, hundreds of years? Well, of course, they claim billions and billions, but nevertheless, they had no explanation No scientific explanation. Even now, there are things about it that they still don't understand. But the Bible says that it's these invisible qualities, that is God's power and his omniscience, that the things that are made, even his eternal power and God said, so that they are without excuse. The psalm says what? The heavens declare the glory of God. Yesterday, or maybe yes, it was yesterday, they finally released some pictures from the largest space telescope they've put up there called the James Webb Telescope. And all it can show is just billions and billions of stars, 
right? They, it, 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 they're saying it's giving the, the, the earliest look and as far back as they can go. And all it's showing is actually the glory of God. That's what it's showing. The heavens declares the glory of God. God told Abraham long time before they could even see that, that the stars were innumerable. He says, look, if you can count them, if you can number them, God revealed something that they didn't know until Galileo invented the telescope. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are seen being understood by the things that are made. But it is upon us to go further than just believing that he exists. See, if you believe that he exists, then the next question is, what does he want of me? Can I have a relationship? People don't want to admit he exists because they don't want to go to the next step. Because when you're in a relationship, should I tell you what that involves? Changing. Changing. You can't just get up and go where you want and do what you want. No, you've got a partner. You've got someone who you need to tell, hey, I'm, I'm doing this or I'm going to the store. You have to, it's, it, it changes you. And a lot of people do not want to be changed by a relationship. Amen. That's what it says in, in Psalms. The heavens declares the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech. And night unto night showeth knowledge. That means you don't have to speak Greek or Hebrew to see the glory of God. Amen. I mean, those of you who have, you, you women who have given birth, I mean, I've, I was at the birth of all my children. And it's amazing to think they said that this year the world's population is going to grow to 8 billion, 8,000 million. And it's amazing to me to think that every single one of those people had to come the same way. Had to come the same way. That's amazing. 8,000 million and they all had to come the same way. But God has declared knowledge about him through his creation. Amen. Now, Psalms tells us that he reveals some of this knowledge. It says, he telleth, or he num- telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. This was before man could see more than 5,000 with the naked eye. The pictures that they released yesterday cannot be seen with the naked eye, and yet it reveals just billions and billions of galaxies and stars. And yet the Bible tell us, tells us, he telleth the number of the stars, he calleth them all by their names. God wants to be intimate with us. There would be some things that he would like to reveal to you that you need to know. There would be some great... The, the song that says, um, that was playing, my mother tells me on the radio when I was born, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a fellowship to carry all our sins to him in prayer. And it says, oh, what grief we often would forfeit. Oh, what um, needless pain we bear. All because we do not... What I'm trying to say, if we were intimate with God, He would be telling us some stuff. The Some of the stuff we go through that we wouldn't have to if we had just been in relationship with Him. We could have avoided so much heartache, so much pain. He told... He told Abraham, leave, leave all your family and just come. And Abraham didn't, so he had to go through some stuff where his, his servants and Lot's servants were fighting. Why? Because he hadn't really listened 
to God. Finally, as I said, when God got his attention in Genesis 15, 5, he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards the heaven and tell the stars, meaning name the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Because God calls those things that are not, he told Abraham, you know, your, 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 through your seed, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. When we have intimacy with God, blessing can come forth. Blessing can be birthed. Amen. God can use us to bless others. God can be a blessing to us when we're close to him. When we're not close to him, then we fight and we struggle. And it's, and it's just like you're, you're, you're in a, a fog and you're just trying to get through each day. But when we are close to God, the Bible says he will make our path straight. Amen. He will make our path straight. And that word in the Hebrew, kafar, it means to tell. It, like in telling a story. What he was telling him, listen, before the Bible was written down, God put through the names of the stars his whole plan in the heavens. That's why it says the heavens literally declare the glory of God because even in the constellations it tells the story. That means there was knowledge that God wanted us to know even before the Bible was written down. And, and you can see it in the names of the constellations, the Virgo, the Virgin, right? The Virgin shall have a son, Isaiah seven fourteen. And, and, and the other constellation, Centaurus, the despised one is what that means. Libra, the scales, means the purchase redemption. And Orion, which is mentioned in the book of Job, means the day spring. And the way they, they name the stars, the brightest star is called the alpha star. The second brightest is called the beta star. And when you start to look at the names, they tell the story. I can imagine him bringing Abraham out and pointing out and telling him the story of what was going to happen. That through your seed, Abraham, I'm going to bring forth a redeemer. I'm going to fulfill what I told the serpent in Genesis 3.15. That, that, that there was going to be a seed of the woman that was going to crush his head. And I can, I, can, I can imagine God showing and telling him the names of every star. And explaining to him what was going to happen. Because these names have persisted down thousands of years and they still tell the story. The, the alpha star in the constellation Betelgeu, it means the coming branch. The beta star means, it's called Bellatrix, and it means coming swiftly. The fourth brightest star, the theta star, is called Al-Nitak, the wounded. And you can see all the names of these constellations tell the same story. Amen. I'm going to skip because I, I don't want to go too deep into this tonight. The, the, the constellation Auriga means the shepherd. And it, the, the names of the stars tell the story. So there is knowledge that, that is out there for people to know about God. But to take the next step to knowing him intimately is not just through your senses now. It has to go through the spirit. Amen. Jesus was giving knowledge and relating the message that they had known in the consolation in John. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep. This is the verse. This is the verse that always comes to me when, I, when I'm thinking, Lord, this is hard. <laughs> Lord, this is hard. Uh, the, the Lord brings this scripture back to me. But the hireling fleeth. The hireling leaveth the sheep. Amen. So, 
Amen. I'm not going to be a hireling. Amen. 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 God has put knowledge of himself about him, just as how we can read in the newspaper, right, or go online, and we can read a, a whole bunch of information about someone famous. But that doesn't mean we know them. Romans 10, 18 says, But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. So God was making a point that to truly have knowledge, it starts with first our senses, but it has to go beyond that to the words. Because of all the senses, it's the words that get to our faith organ. And that's why in Romans 10, 17, he says, but that, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We were talking to Sister Bernice tonight, and she was telling, when I come to church, I'm going to have to tell my testimony And I said, sister, when you come, you tell your testimony. She said, because it might help someone how God has taken her out of that hospital bed so many times. Faith comes by here. When you hear of what God has done for someone else. And sometimes I have to tell the stories about stuff I know that God has done just to hear it again. And then when I I tell it, I have to shake my head and say, wow, God, you really did that for, for me? Amen. God is such an awesome God. And sometimes you have to talk to yourself like David because there may not be someone to pat you on the back. The Bible says David encouraged himself. Maybe he thought, well, God, I know that the band has come and taken all my wives and, and they've taken everything. But you know what I'm thinking about is when I slowed, you helped me kill Goliath. You helped me that time. And everybody said that was stupid. A little youth going against a nine-foot giant. That was impossible. But Lord, you helped me do it. Amen. The other time you helped me flee from Saul when we were hungry. And you allowed us to eat the showbread. You, you, you didn't kill us, Lord. You were merciful. You see, what you have to do is when you have intimate relationship, there will be events that you can bring back to mind. I can think of miracles that God has done for me that are beyond, above and beyond. And that when you're intimate, when you have no relationship, there's nothing you can think of, right? There's no, there's no events I can have with uh, Jeff Bezos because I've never met him, right? But I've met the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I've had some things that he has done for me, amen, of which I can worship and give thanks. Hallelujah. So we can have knowledge about God through his through his creation, but we start to get to the next level when we have knowledge about God through his works. John 9, 6. And when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. You know what we have to do? Is get the attitude, where are those miracles that that were spoken of? I need a miracle. Do you need a miracle? Now, I may not need a miracle miracle, but I would just like one, <laughs> right? I, might, I, I may not, I, I'm able to walk, I'm, but I think I just want a, a miracle. I want God's power manifested. Amen. We need to get hungry for God's manifestation because when we are intimate with God, he will be intimate with us. As I said, something will be birthed. Something will be, intimacy always bring forth something new. Doesn't it? Amen. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. You can't get more intimate 
than taking some spit and putting it on someone else. Now that, now there's not, anyone you allow to do that is someone who is very intimate. The other day we went by Culver's and my wife ordered some vanilla custard. I didn't order it, but after she had got it, it looked very good to me. But there was only one spoon. So I said, can I have some? (laughs) And because we are intimate, she gave me her spoon that she had just, and I ate it up. (laughs) See, intimacy breaks down, you're not afraid to ask. When you're intimate with God, you won't be afraid to ask him to think, will he do it? I didn't really have too much doubt that she'd say, no, I'm not going to give you it. That was not what I was expecting. I just believed if I asked her for some, even though there was only one spoon and it was hers, she would give me some. Amen? And I know I would do the same. When we're intimate with God, we, we lose our fear of asking. We lose our fear that he will say no. Amen. There's no more intimate than what Jesus did. The only way you're going to get a miracle is for God maybe to spit on you. That's the intimacy that you need. (laughs) Are you ready for that kind of intimacy? The good thing is this. The man didn't even know. He couldn't see. Maybe if he could see a little bit, if he had partial truth, he would say, wait a minute, what are you doing? That's what Naaman did. Naaman said, wait a minute, no, I'm not going in that dirty river. He had a little bit of, of, of understanding and he, it was too much for him to be asked to go dip in this river. But when you're intimate with God, you have no fear. If, if there's any germs between us, we're, we're going we're gonna to do it together. Though she always says she never tested positive for COVID. I don't know about that. (laughs) Somehow, somehow she never tested positive for, for COVID. Amen. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. That's when we become intimate with God. When you will allow him to do that. When you allow, do you want your miracle? Do you want your miracle? Amen. So some people, though, don't want, they, they don't want that kind of intimacy. That's a, bit, that's a bit too much for them. So the reason why some do not have this knowledge, well, let's look at this. John 9, 13. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind, who had been healed now. And they're trying to, they're trying to find out how did he get healed? How did he get healed? And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. See, people will look at you and say, how are you making it? (laughs) But really, they don't really want to know the truth because they don't want to change. They just want to find a way to say, no, it was fake or it was coincidence or you made it up. They were asking him, how did you get sight? But did they want to know the truth? No. Again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, he put clay upon my eyes, and I washed, and I do see. (laughs) See, some people don't want to know the truth because, as I said, they're going to have to change. John 19, and they asked them, saying, is this your son? They didn't want to believe him. 
That was too intimate. You, in the Jewish frame of things, that was terrible. You washed your hands. You didn't touch anything that defiled. And this man spit and put it on your eyes. So they brought his parents and they said, Is this your son who he say was, who you say was born blind? How then, then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that he is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Now they did know, but they were afraid. A lot of people are afraid to get intimate with God because it requires change. We know not, or who hath opened his eyes? We know not. Why don't people know the truth? We know not. He's of age. Ask him. He shall speak for himself. These words spake his prince because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. There's going to come a, a time when if you confess that you know Christ and you believe what we believe and, 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 and that we speak in tongues, they'll look at you as crazy, as nuts. Some people do not want to believe that kind of intimacy. They want to believe that you can just say this prayer. That's it. It's all clean. No mess. Nobody spitting. Nobody going on crazy. Because the other thing is a bit too intimate. A bit too crazy. But God said he has chosen the foolish things to confound the wise. That was God's way of saying, listen, I'm bringing you down. You think you, 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 you want to get intimate some other way? No, this is, how it, this is how it is. Amen. So some people will not have the knowledge of God because, and I'm stringing this out, so they called him again. <laughs> you know, they keep saying, how did this happen? Well, God did it. Well, we're going to ask somebody else. How did that happen? Well, ask him. And they again called him, the man that was blind, they said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. <laughs> See, some people do not want to acknowledge God's power in their life. Must have been a coincidence. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or not, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. He was willing to let something uh, intimate happen. He was willing to let spit get on his eyes to see. The reason why some people don't know is because they don't want to. Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke unto Moses, but they didn't listen. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. Jesus kind of defined the act of blasphemy concerning the Pharisees when he cast out the demon and they said, you, they had to admit it had happened, but they said it was done through the prince of the power of the air, of Beelzebub. The man answered and said, Why, herein is a marvelous thing, that he know not from whence he is, yet he hath opened mine eyes. Some people don't want to be intimate. They don't want to know truth. Because, again, it means that they have to change. And, of course, some think that they know already. And it came to pass, when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And they went and entered into the village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. 
And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. They wanted him to stay in Samaria. They didn't want him to go to Jerusalem. And so they were a bit upset. Well, if you're not going to stay with us, we don't want you. If you're not going to be the way we want you to be, then you can go your way. It says, and they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. Now, some people will think that they know what's best for you. And they'll come and try and tell you what's best for you. But obviously they haven't had a conversation with the one who truly knows you, right? Who truly knows you. I, I think, and I think this would work for my wife too, that if, if you were to ask her certain things, of whether I would like certain things or not, she should or would be able to tell you. After 45 years, I think she would be able to tell you what things mostly I don't like and do like. And I think, for the most part, I can do that for her too. I can tell you what things, if I buy something, I know certain things I buy she won't wear, so I don't buy them because, no, that's not her style. I try, but she, I know that that's not her. Amen. They wanted to put Jesus in a box. They didn't really want to know what he wanted to do. Amen. No, you're coming to Samaria, and if you're not coming to Samaria, we don't, we don't. Some people want to control Jesus. They do. They want to worship him how they want. And they think they know him. But you know what he's going to say to them? Depart from me. I never knew you. We were never that way. We were never intimate. You, you, you were creating me in your image. And you know, it's got to be the other way around. God has got to create us in his image. That's how it's got to work. Amen. Mark 8.31 And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and, and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. See, even the disciples were not, were not um, immune from having preconceived notions how God must work. That's one of our worst attributes. We, we decide how God must work in our lives. We've already got, well, God, this is what you got to do. Why aren't you doing it this way? This is what I prayed for. Why isn't it happening this way? Jesus was saying, there's going to be some suffering. I'm going to be betrayed. And Peter was going, no, that's not how the plan is supposed to work. No, that's not how I envisaged it. This was not what I planned. And Peter took him and began to rebuke. Can you imagine this? Peter took Jesus and began to rebuke him. <laughs> you see, sometimes exactly our flesh, we get knowledge through from the tree instead of from God. And we've already got it worked out how everything should go. And so when it doesn't start to go our way, we, we start to say, well, God, no, 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 you got it wrong. No, that's not, that was not my plan. God, don't you know what my plan is? God has upset my plan so many times. He has upset my plan so many times. So that is knowledge that is outside of the spirit. That is knowledge of outside of the spirit. Because in the Old Testament, God allowed certain things to happen, but that wasn't his perfect will. In the Old Testament, yes, Elijah was able to call down fire from heaven, and the angel fulfilled and, and, and destroyed the people who came to kill him. 
Then the king sent unto him a captain of fifty with his fifty, and he went up to him, and behold, he sat on top of a hill, and he spoke unto him, Thou man of God, the king said, Come down. And Elijah answered and said to the captain of the fifty, If I be a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And there came down fire from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. In the Old Testament, God allowed, God allowed certain things to happen. In the New Testament, his true image and revelation was fully manifested. That was not his perfect will. Just as how he allowed uh, people to marry multiple wives, but that was not his perfect will. He said, Moses allowed you to do all kinds of things because of the hardness of your heart. But now, since he has come and revealed the true nature and heart of God, that's not what he came to do. He didn't come to destroy men's lives. Many times we would love to call down fire and brimstone, wouldn't we? Ooh. That one's gone. That one's gone. I don't have to deal with that person anymore. Boy, if we had that bewitched finger... And we just get rid of all the annoying people. You know, probably after a while, the only person be left would be us. Us. If you are intimate with God, he's going to ask you this question. What spirit do you have? What spirit do you have? Because that's not his spirit. His spirit is mercy and grace. And it took me a while to understand this. But after I understood it, I wanted mercy for the worst person. Because I realized what Jesus said. Right? Blessed are the merciful for they shall. And boy do I need it. I need it. I need it. I am so glad that that if I stay in this way. God is not going to read my book, at least publicly. He's not going to read it publicly. I wouldn't want my book read publicly. No, no, I don't want my... You know what he's going to read? He's going to read his book. And it's going to, it's going to be his story. And it's going to be when he went on the cross and said it is finished. Man's redemption, man's is paid. If you miss this, you know what happens? Your book's going to be read. I, don't, I, I wouldn't want my book to be read. I want my book to be buried. As the Bible said, my sins are buried in the sea of forgetfulness. But God is asking, if we're intimate, we're going to be, after a while, think alike, right? We talked about the road to Emmaus this Sunday. And when two walk together, they agree. Now, my wife and I don't always 100% agree. Amen. But we, we agree most, more than we don't agree. Otherwise, we probably couldn't stay together, right? Amen. Because, just a, what did she say? Because she's always right? Okay. <laughs> I think she said something like that. Amen. Yes. And I ask, what spirit do you have? <laughs> Amen. Second Corinthians 3, 6. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. So we can't be going around calling down fire on people. Now our flesh would say, well, unfortunately. Not of the letter, but the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. 
So Paul is speaking about the law. He says, but if the ministration of death, he calls the law the ministry of death, in other words, written and engraven in stones, because any little transaction or, or transgression was going to be stoning for the most part or death was glorious so the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. That means it was going to fade. It wasn't permanent. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be more glorious? What God is saying, listen, in the Old Testament, you couldn't be intimate with me. You, you couldn't come to me directly. If, especially if we were, we were um, Gentiles, the most we could do, look, look at the outside of the fence. Jews could only come up to the gate and only the priests could go into the inner court and only the high priest could really get to be before the face of God. You could not be intimate. That was the Old Testament. But now, when Jesus died, that curtain ripped in two. And the Bible says in Hebrews 4.16, we can come boldly to a throne of grace there to obtain mercy. So God is asking, what spirit do you have? You say you're intimate with me, then... How are you acting? Are you acting like me? Are you in my image and in my likeness? People sometimes look at me and I sometimes I look in my mirror and I see my father. <laughs> and that's good and bad, you know. Um, and and, and uh, other people look at my grandchildren and they say, someone was saying, I see your eyes in, in, in their, their eyes. I say, okay. I always apologize to my daughter because people say she looks like me. I say, well, I'm sorry. Amen. But God is asking, how do we look like him? Because the Bible says that we should be transformed into his image if we're intimate. Amen. Let's read this. Hebrews 1, 2. The true character and nature that we are to be transformed is revealed through Jesus Christ. It says, "In hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the world, who being the brightness of of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, not by the power of his word, but by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sins, I like that word, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So the true knowledge of God can only be revealed through the spirit. We can know about God just as how we know about, um, let's think of someone famous, the queen. But I've never met her, Right? She doesn't know me. I know a lot about her. I know about all of her children. I know her, about her father. But I don't know her. God wants us to go beyond knowing about to being intimate. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Most people would think what we do in our manifestations and speaking in tongues, that's foolishness. They don't understand it. They can't because they haven't had that intimate relationship with God. Neither can he know them because they are what? Spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. So the true, the next level knowledge is only through the spirit. Amen? So what happens when we try and rely on our head knowledge and our flesh knowledge? Matthew 26, 70, uh, verse 7. And when he was gone into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto him, this is, this is Peter now at the trial of Jesus. This, uh, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. Now why is Peter going to mess up here? 
Because, you know, he was so sure. I will never, I will never betray you, Jesus. You know what he was relying upon? His flesh. Your flesh will betray you. Your flesh will betray you. He was relying, I, I cannot conceive of how I would ever deny you. And yet within, within a few hours there he was cursing up a storm. I never knew the man and dropping whatever was their equivalent of expletives. I never knew the man. And he denied him with an oath. He swore. Isn't God merciful? Isn't God merciful? I do not know the man. That's what happens when we rely on what we think we know. Because it's only through the Spirit can we truly know Jesus. And after a while came unto him that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for your speech betrayeth thee. Then, he be, he, then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not. And then Jesus is right there. <laughs> Jesus is right there looking at him. I know not the man. And immediately the cock crowed. Then he remembered what Jesus said. When we rely upon declarations, I'm going to be perfect. I'm not going to. We can't say that. All we can say is by the grace of God. The true knowledge and nature is by the Spirit. John fourteen seventeen. If you can stand with me. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. The world cannot be intimate with God. Why? Because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But here's what Jesus said to his disciples. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. John fifteen twenty six. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. If we would listen sometimes, God would be speaking to us. But sometimes we're just talking to ourselves so loudly that we drown out what God is trying to say. John sixteen thirteen. How beat when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide us into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. John sixteen thirteen is a very profound verse. First John 4, 6. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You know, if you're familiar with someone's voice, you can pick them out in a crowd. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And another, they won't follow. You can be listening to someone on the YouTube or the TV, and they're sounding really good. And then suddenly they say something and you go, what? Ooh, there it was. Suddenly the voice changed. And you realize, ooh, it sounded so good. It was just like Satan in the garden. You can do this and you can be this. And then they say something that you know. The Spirit tells you, witnesses to you right away. That's not right. See, flesh and blood can't do it. Flesh and blood cannot do it. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed unto you who I truly am. Creation reveals I am God, but who I am, only the Spirit can reveal. Only, only intimacy can reveal. 
Flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. 1 Corinthians 15.50 says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit corruption. So we can't do it. We can't be intimate through flesh. Amen. It's only through the Spirit. I'll end with the verse I started with and what Paul said, and, and it, it just encourages me that this great apostle Paul, at near the end of his life, after all the great things and miracles, his missionary journeys, that he still had a passion and felt that there was more he could know. That I may know him. That should be our prayer when we get up. Lord, I want to know you some more. I want you to take full control of my life. I will mess up if you let me loose. I want you to be intimate with me. I want you to, if you have to spit on me, do that, Lord. Open my eyes to your way, to your truth. That I may know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Lord, if you have to put me and squeeze me and make me conformable into what you want of me, then do it. That's what God wants us to know tonight. That we need to be seeking to know him even better. We need that intimate relationship. Paul said it's a mystery, but I speak concerning the church. That God can birth some new life into us, some new, new joy into our souls. Because when you, when you have that, that revelation from God, when you know that you know that you know that he's giving you a hug, you're going to have a smile, you're going to have some joy, you're going to have some hope. Amen. That God has called us to be his child, and he has great things in store for us. I have not seen nor ear heard, but God has got in store for them that love him. It's only been revealed through the Spirit. That's what I'm saying. We can only have that intimate knowledge through the Spirit. Amen. We're going to close this Bible study. I hope you have been encouraged. I want you to wake up tomorrow and say, Oh, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering. Amen. If you can say that with a smile, amen, I believe you'll have a great day. I, I believe God will, 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 will start to speak to you a little bit more. Open your eyes a little bit more. Maybe he has to spit on some of us, but that's okay. Amen. The first time he did it, the man said, I see men walking as trees. <laughs> Needed a little bit more. Some of us need a little bit more. <laughs> a little bit more. Amen. We need a little bit more. Hallelujah. If you could bow your hearts with me. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. Lord, let it inspire us. Let our faith grow. Hallelujah. Let us stand firm, Lord God, on the promises that you have made. Lord God, that you love us, that you want us to draw near to you. You said we draw near to you, you would draw near to us. Lord, I pray that you surround us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, cover us, Lord God. Oh, Lord, protect us from all harm and danger. Let us draw water from the wells of salvation with joy. Hallelujah as we understand the love and the blessings that you have in store for us. Lord, lead and direct our path. Oh, help us to acknowledge you in every way that we can be intimate with you. We thank you and give you all the glory and the praise in Jesus' name.